chapter 5. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5 tonight and see what the Lord has for us to, has to say to us tonight. And you on social media there, if you are in a place on which you can get a Bible, uh, open the Bible. If you have it on the phone, an iPad, whatever, open it up and see. let's see what God has to say in the book of Galatians tonight for us. And I'm looking as you're looking, okay? So Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 and verse 23. We're going to look here in a very specific way. Look what it says. But it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is what? No law. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much that you give us the fruit of the Spirit and we know what the, what the Spirit can produce in the life of each believer. And I just pray tonight if there's someone here, someone even on social media watching us and never really seriously put their faith and trust in you, may tonight they call upon you for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So tonight we're going to start a a series on the, on the fruit of the Spirit, and uh, of course the series is going to, um, not Siri, I'm not talking about Siri. It's, it's amazing, I said series, and she, com- she comes right up. Uh, so, uh, anyway, <laughs> so we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is something that God does in your life. Okay, so we are studying a, a brand new uh, message, of course, of the fruit of the Spirit. There are nine fruits, or nine fruit of the Spirit. It's not nine fruits, it's only one fruit. And tonight, is a, we're going to just, uh, a, a way of introduction, we're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit and what the fruit of the Spirit does in a life of believers. So, so tonight's message is called the fruit. Because that's really what the fruit of the Spirit is all about. Now, the fruit of the Spirit uh, is a singular fruit and is the fruit of the Spirit. So, let me put it this way. All right, so, at the moment of salvation, you and I, those of us who are saved, have received the Spirit of God. Right? The Spirit of God dwells in each believer, in each person that received Jesus as Savior. So, the fruit resides in us. I mean, the fruit. The Spirit resides in us. So, as we submit ourselves to the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit begins to display itself in us and through us. That's what the fruit of the Spirit is. Some people say, oh, the Spirit is this force. All right, that's not the church that, that teaches that. The Spirit is not a force. It's not a made a force be with you. There's no such thing. All right? The Spirit is not the force. May the force be with you. Ain't it amazing? When I watch those movies every time where they say, may the force be with you, I'm always thinking about, oh, the force is be with you. The force is in me. <laughs> anyway. But anyway. So tonight we're going to look about the fruit of the Spirit. So tonight's message will lay the context of the whole series that we're going to talk about. We're going to look at each one of this fruit uh, by helping you to understand uh, what is the fruit of the Spirit. I understand. I know that you know. But I think we as Christians, we need to be reminded of those things. We live in a day and age, of course, and we have to be careful about what we believe and how we believe because it's easy to get 
sidetracked about what the fruit of the Spirit is. If you're not a believer, you don't have the Spirit in you. But if you're a believer, the Spirit of God is in you. It's not like He walks in and walks out. He's there. You have much of the Spirit that I have. We have the Spirit of God in us. Now, the more you mortify your body and the more you die to self, the more the Spirit displays through these words right here, through, look at this, what it says. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. That's what the, what the Spirit produces in your life. That's a result of that. So, let's look at this from several points tonight. So, what is the fruit of the Spirit? What exactly is the fruit of the Spirit? That's number one, actually. What does the fruit of the Spirit really does in the believer's life? We, we already read tonight through, uh, I mean, I'm sorry. So, anyway, what is it in the let, Letter A. It is a singular fruit. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit. So, in the Old Testament... <clears throat> I'm sorry. In the Old Testament, the Spirit would go from one person to another person. It was a different time in history, a different, different time. But then when Jesus, when, when, when the Spirit came on the believers after Jesus rose and went to heaven, what happened is then the Spirit came and went to the friend believers. So right today, every person that received Jesus as Savior, the Spirit of God comes and indwells that person. So it is a singular fruit. So notice that the Bible calls it the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit. Not the fruit of the... Uh, so, in other words, there is no multiple fruits of the Spirit from which you pick and choose. I'll say, well, all right, uh, I'll be loving, I'll be kind, but I don't want these fruits. I want this one, but I don't want this. That's not what it is. Okay? So, so we, should, we shouldn't think of those various characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit as different kind of fruits, because they're not. Rather, uh, they are one fruit, like one apple, caught in many different sections, right? You have, all right, okay, let's put it like this. You have one apple in your table. And if you like a person like my, my wife is, you have those little gadgets in the kitchen on which you go, and you cut the apple and you get several slices. You got one of those, brother? Oh, I love those little things, you know, especially when, when I want like, uh, like peanut butter and, and you slice it and, and, and it comes and you get your peanut butter there. Oh, that's good. But anyway, but so, <laughs> so it's good. Some days, you know, you just want peanut butter and one apple. So, but when you have the apple, right, it's one apple, one fruit. Just because you slice it and you have 10 different little pieces doesn't mean you have 10 apples. Still one apple. You follow that? So... <laughs> So each of these, those sections is a, del a delicious, and of course, in the next sections, is all part of one fruit. So actually, someone ask, if someone asks you, what are you eating? You don't say, I'm eating apples. You say, I'm eating what? An apple. You see that? Therefore, we should consume the whole fruit to feel satisfied. One section alone will not be enough. So don't get confused with the fruit of the Spirit in our lives and the gifts and abilities that God gives you in order to serve Him. All right? So there are gifts and abilities that God will give you. I don't have the ability to play music, but Chrissy have. God give her the, that ability. So you, all of us have different abilities. 
God gives those abilities to us, but that's not the fruit of the Spirit. You follow that? The fruit of the Spirit is this declared right here. What is the fruit of the Spirit? That's what the fruit of the Spirit, the, when we allow God to work in our lives and through our lives, that, that, this, those things displays it, gets the display in our life in all of us. But the, the, the gifts and the abilities that you and I have are different because God gives to us at birth, and God gives to us as we continue to grow through life, and sometimes we discover abilities that we, we never thought we had. I didn't know how I could be a preacher. I had no idea. But God discovered, you know, we discover those abilities. So don't confuse the abilities that you have with the fruit of the Spirit. They're two different things. Okay, so, where was I? Okay. So in other words, the fruit of the Spirit uh, is to be uh, in full display in our lives happens as you allow the Spirit of God to work in you and through you. So in other words, the more you submit to the will of the Lord, the more you will display the fruit of the Spirit in your life. So folks, at the moment of salvation, like I said, we all receive the Spirit of God. You have much of the Spirit as I have. Now the fruit of the Spirit will produce in your life, and it will, it will depend on how much you... I mean, how, now, I'm going to put it like this. How much of the, the, the fruit of the Spirit will be displayed in your life depends on how much you submit to God. Let it be. It is a powerful fruit. When we begin to produce fruit in Galatians 22, 23, the scribe is not our doing, but is the Spirit of God doing in us. At the moment of your salvation, you've been made a new creature, a new creation. But after your salvation, there's a time of we call sanctification. Is a word some people don't like to use, but it's a big word. What is the word of sanctification? A time on which day by day you will grow in the things of the Lord. And during this time of sanctification, it is the Spirit of God who will continually work in you and through you so you can produce that fruit. So the fruit of the Spirit, it comes because of that. So it is the Spirit of God who continually will continue to work in you, but you have to allow Him to work in you. You know, there's a song of this that says, he's still working on me. Yes. That's what it is, he's still working on me. You know, he's working on me, in me, in my heart. So number one, God's spirit always produces good fruit. You follow that? God's spirit always produces good fruit. We call it the fruit of the spirit because God's spirit produces all good fruit. Look what it says in Galatians 5.16. This I say then, walk in the spirit... And ye shall not fulfill the lust of what? The flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. So it says right here, for us to have the spirit, I mean, the fruit of the spirit is playing in our lives, we have to walk in the spirit. Here Paul tells us that to, to us to live in the Spirit and to be led by the Spirit. When you live by God's Spirit and allow the Spirit to lead you, lead, lead you in your life, He will produce the fruit of the Spirit. It will be displayed in your life. You don't have to go on and say, look, I got the fruit of the Spirit. No, it's not that. Others will see that. You will be more loving, more caring. All these things will grow in you. And you, you're like, wow, I don't used to be like that. You know, it's God working in you. Believe me, by nature, we're not very loving people, are we? We are 
self-centered, selfish. It is God that teaches us to love and to care about others. Right. We have a tendency in our human mind to think, me first, others after. I'm going to make sure I am comfortable, then I take care of others. And God says, no, 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 you put yourself down and you take care of others. And unless this, we allow the Spirit of God to work in us, we don't see that. But as the Spirit of God works in us, then it begins to produce itself. We begin to do those things, and we don't even, sometimes we get amazed, like, oh, wow, God transforms us from inside out. Let me give you a little story about a young man who used to escape from a second-story bedroom window by climbing down the old fruit tree. One day he heard his father saying he was going to cut down the tree because he hasn't born the tree that didn't give one fruit in years. So the boy purchased a, a bushel of apples, and that night he and his friends tied them to the branches. <laughs> the next morning the father shouted, to the boy's mother, Mary, Mary, I cannot believe my eyes. The old fruit tree that was barren is full of tree apples. It's a miracle because it's a pear tree. <laughs> so try, trying to grow the fruit of the Spirit in your life without the Holy Spirit is like trying apples, uh, trying to apples to be pears, and it, you know it doesn't work that way. So the fruit of the Spirit is something that God does rather than you. We need this Holy Spirit in our lives because we cannot produce the fruit on our own. It's God's doing, not us. Number two, a sinful nature always produces sinful fruits. You believe that? I think the Bible is clear. Look at Galatians chapter 5 verse 19. Look what it says. So a sinful nature always produces sinful fruits. Look, look the fruit of a sinful nature. Galatians 5.19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. The Bible is very specific. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seductions, heresies, envy, and murders, drunkenness, revealing, and such like. So the act of the Sinful nature are obvious. Why do we call them the acts of a sinful nature? Because they are actions. That's what they are. The acts of the sinful nature are things that you and I do. We do those things. They are the works. They, 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 are, they are your works, your actions, your attitude, your behavior. But a fruit of the Spirit is something that God does. It develops His fruit in you and through the Holy Spirit. So notice also the act of a sinful nature, uh, of a sinful nature, uh, they are uh, uh, listed in the plural as opposed to the fruit of the Spirit, which are on the singular. So the fruit of the Spirit are listed in the singular, but the acts of the flesh, or the fruits of the flesh, are in the plural, because they're actions. That's what we have a tendency to do. So let us see. We see it is a character fruit. It is a character fruit. So what exactly is the fruit of the Spirit then? It is the character of Jesus that God grows in you. That's why we turn more and more into the image of what? His Son, the Lord Jesus. So we grow in the fruit of the Spirit, so we begin, we begin to, more, to look more and more like Jesus. Now you do that. 
you look at the mirror of God's Word every day, and you begin to let, let the Word of God to change you. And when you begin to change, and you begin to feed on the Word of God, the Spirit of God will begin to change you from the inside out. All the garbage goes out, and the goodness of God comes in. So when people say things, only godly thoughts come out, only things. You know, because the fruit of the Spirit is working in your life. I mean, the other day was a conversation at work. I said something, and these guys began to laugh. And look at them, I said, what's so funny? And amazing, the wicked minds, how they take things the wrong way. And I look at them, I said, yeah, I am sorry, but I have to say this. Your mind is filthy. Your mind is full of filthiness. That's why you speak in the way you are. I never even thought about such a, such a thing. It is actually, he said, I actually am uncomfortable that you even said that. I don't think that way. So, so, so that's what the Spirit does in us. The Spirit changes us. So that's why we call the one fruit because these character, character trails form the character of Jesus. But look what it says in Galatians 5.22. Look what it says. But the fruit of the Spirit, look what it says. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such is no law. Can you see this stuff in Jesus' life? That was his character right there. That's who Jesus was. If you look at the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's exactly what he displayed in his life here on earth. The Bible describes the whole process of growing as a Christian as growing to be more and more like Jesus. And the Christian life is a, is a life of transformation where you grow to be more and more like Jesus. So we ought to be like Jesus in our homes. Be more like Jesus in our workplaces. Be more like Jesus in our neighborhoods. Be more like Jesus everywhere. It's not because we want people to see that. It's because we are dying to self and we are submitting to the Spirit of God. And when we do that, joy, peace, gentleness, all those things is just in our lives. We don't think evil, we think good of others, and we want to help others. So the fruit of the Spirit has to do with your godly character. We are, we, we are each given different gifts to serve each other, of course, but the fruit of the Spirit is what makes us the same in the body of Christ. God wants each of us to reflect the same character of Jesus. So what is the fruit of the Spirit? It is, the, it is one fruit, not many fruits. It is something God does in you rather than you do, do in yourself. It is the character of Jesus that grows in you. So number one, we see, <coughs> I'm sorry, the fruit of the Spirit. Number two, why is the fruit of the Spirit <coughs> important in you? <coughs> I'm sorry. Why is the fruit of the Spirit important in your life? I'm sorry. So why is the fruit of the Spirit important in your life? So that is the, the what. Now let's look at the why. This is, why is the fruit of the Spirit important in your life? Number one, letter A. God desires for you to grow in godly character. First of all, before you got saved, you have no godly character in you. Neither did I. We were worldly people. 
We live like everybody else. We swear. We do this. We do all those things because we want godly. All right? Now, now you receive Jesus as your Savior. You receive the Spirit of God, which is after righteousness and goodness. And now you have something that you can, the, the Spirit of God uh, does something in you. It can transform you from the inside out. So, God wants you to grow in godly character. Once again, this is one of the reasons God saved you and me. This is part of what it means to be a Christian. In other words, the Christian life was never meant for us to live the way we always lived at, uh, uh, bef- I mean, they always lived before we got saved, but now we have to live differently. The Christian life was designed by God for you and me to change and to be more like the Lord Jesus. So this notion that we stay the way we are and look more like the world than like Christians is never God's intention. Today we have a different philosophy. The church wants to look like the world. If we just look like them, they will come in. That's not what God wants us to do. We can all have different opinions, whatever it is. You know what? You can go try to fill up churches the way you want, but I tell you what, God doesn't want His children to look like the world. God wants us to look like more like Jesus, not like the world. And today we go, oh, let's go and dress like the world. Let's look, look like the world so we can... Catch them. Let me tell you something. The person that led me to Christ didn't look like a worldly person. He looked like a godly person. That's the person that led me to Christ. So, our character is to be more like Jesus. So, one of the purpose of the Holy Spirit... uh, to live in you, in, uh, to live in you, I'm sorry. One of the purposes of the Holy Spirit to live in you is so that you can be more uh, like the, uh, uh, I'm sorry, more less like the world and more like Christ. So like, uh, less like the world means that your behavior, your speech, your attitude about life and others uh, uh, will change. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22. That he put off concerning the former conversations of the old man. Who's the old man? That sinful nature that we still have, unfortunately. Which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. That he be renewed in the spirit of what? Of your mind. That he put on the new man which is after God. is created in what? Righteousness and true holiness. So you are a new person in Jesus. And, and God wants you... To grow in a new self, that, that, he, that the way He created you, so you can be more like His Son, the Lord Jesus. Look what it says in Philippians 1.11. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. So once again, the fruit of the Spirit is the character of Jesus, which reflects the righteousness of God Himself. So, here we are today. We, are to, we, we try to be like so-and-so, and so-and-so, and so-and-so. So we got people dressed like this person, or puts makeup like this person, got a haircut like this person. And God says, you got it all wrong. It's all about me. We have to pattern ourselves after Jesus. Well, that's not popular. God is not looking for popularity. Some people think that God is looking for people. That's not what God's looking for. God is looking for sinners who wants to repent. God is looking for people who want to be transformed. 
not for popularity. Actually, by the way, the Bible has never been very popular. Even though everybody knows about the Bible, is the thing. People run away from the Bible. Let it be God wants, wants it to be part of your Christian witness to others. Let it be. So if the fruit of the Spirit is part of your Christian witness to others. When you display the fruit of the Spirit in your life, people will see Christ and will be attracted, attracted to Him. You can be that light that these people need. Listen. So people are joking, dirty jokes in your job. And what do you do, join the gang? That's when we learn how to separate ourselves. And you say, but it's not funny, it's not cool, it's not popular. Again, God is not looking for popularity. God's looking for his children that will stand in the midst of whatever. Listen, I, have, I hear enough dirty jokes and filthiness all day long. But it doesn't mean that I participate in it. I don't. And when they say, look at me, or try to purposely get me, I, I put my two cents in it. Here's one man there that's very fresh with his mouth. And I said, he said to him, oh, one time I said, oh, I can't, we can't say anything because he's here. I said, listen, you will give an account to God for your words, not me. So keep that thought in your mind. It will be you and God. Oh, I don't believe in God. I said, well, that day you will believe in God. You will believe in God that day. So, people can sense a difference in those who are walking in the Spirit and those who are not. They may not know what the difference about the believer, but they can sense something different about that person. Even when we witness to those who are lost, we are to do it in the power of the Spirit, not in our own strength. <coughs> I'm sorry. As you can see, there's a difference if you witness to somebody in the power of the Spirit or if you witness to somebody on your own strength. On your own strength, you're going to get frustrated. On your own strength, you're going to, you know, you're going to, oh, I can't do this anymore. But on the power of God, God will give you the patience, God will give you the words, and God will see you that even if that person didn't get saved, you will come out rejoiced because God gave you the opportunity to speak. And you might have put water in that seed. Maybe you, put this, you just planted the seed. Maybe you just tilted the ground. You know what? But if we in the, do it in the power of the Spirit, it's a big difference than do it in our own strength. So look what it says in John 15, 8. Wherein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye... So shall ye be my disciples. First Peter 2.12 uh, 2 says, Having your conversation or your way of life honest among the Gentiles, that areas that speak against you as evildoers, they may be your good works, which they shall behold and glorify God in the day of visitation. That's the second reason why the fruit of the Spirit is important in the life of a believer. Let us see. God assures you that life is more fruitful when you display the fruit of the Spirit. Life is so much better when you display the fruit of the Spirit than the fruit of the flesh. Meekness, goodness, temperance, all those things. Life is much better when we see a people displaying those, that fruit. 
than it is when we see a person displaying the fruits of the flesh. Let's go back to Galatians 5 again and this time and we'll read through the... Uh, yeah, look what it says. Now the works of the flesh. That's those who are... Uh, who have the works of flesh. Look what it says. Now the works of the flesh are manifest are those. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seduction, heresies, envy and murder, murderers, drunkenness, rev- rev- uh, reviling, and such like, and such like of... Of the which I tell you before, and I have told you in time past, that they which do such things, look what it says, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Which fruit do you want to display? The fruit of the Spirit or the fruits of the flesh? You see the plural right here? The fruits of the flesh or the fruit of the Spirit? So the fruits of the flesh, that's us doing it. The fruit of the Spirit is God doing it through you. Look at the contrast. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. There's no law for love. There's no law for joy. We're going to pass a law, no more joy. Really? We're going to pass a law, no more peace. All right, okay. So you tell me, which would you rather have in your life? Sexual immorality, impurity, hatred, discord, jealousy, self uh, selfish ambitions, and goes on and all you would like to display in your life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Which person do you think is happier? Think uh, Honestly, which person do you think is happier? The person that displayed the fruit of the Spirit or the person that displayed the fruits of the flesh? Can you imagine people out there, the only thing they do is hate others? Gossip about others. That's the fruits of the flesh. They have nothing nice to say about people. They're always, you know, in that state of, of oh, getting at somebody. Is that a way of living? Of live, living? I don't want to live that way. What about joy, peace, long some gentleness? Lay your head on your pillow at night and peace is in your heart. What you rather be? Why is the fruit of the Spirit important in a person's life? Three reasons. God wants you to grow in godly character. It is part of your Christian witness. And life is just so much better when you have the fruit of the Spirit. Number three is our last point, almost done. How does one displays the fruit of the Spirit? So, we have looked at those fruits, but now how you display the fruit of the Spirit? How can you do that? All right, you ready? Weed the garden. Weed the garden. You're like, what do you mean? All right, who has gardens? Who does gardens around here? I just started with a couple of vases. <laughs> but, you know, you know what happened in the garden, right? You plant the little things, and before you know what happened to the weeds. 
They want to choke the plants. What do you think sin wants to do in your life and mine? Wants to choke you up. Sin is very deceiving. Very, uh, first of all, sin is very enticing. It is amazing when a person began to do in the ways of sin, the excuses that they use, because that's what sin does. And when sin chokes us up, becomes a problem. So weed the garden. Every time you start weeding the garden, you are killing sin in your life. You want to display the fruit of the Spirit? Kill sin in your life. You want for your for us to allow the Spirit to work in us and through us, you must kill sin. You need to weed the garden. You need to be killing sin in your life. Actually, go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. I want you to see something. I think it's a very appropriate verse right there. It goes right with this. Weed the garden. Listen. If you plant a garden, you know that throughout the whole season, as you plant your garden, you always have to weed that garden. You take the weeds and others come out. You take the weeds, others come out. It's a constant battle. And you say, what in the world are I'm watering this thing and I've got weeds everywhere? Well, sin is the same way. You, 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 want, you take care of one, another one pops up. Another one pops up. You know why? Because we have such a sinful nature. I think when we get to heaven someday, we're going to say, praise the Lord, that sinful thing is gone. That day we're going to be like, wow. So, look what it says. Mortify. What does that mean? Kill it. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, ordinance, affection, evil, con uh, concupiscence, and covetousness, which are idolatry, for which things sake the, the I'm, say, I'm sorry, uh, sake the wrath of God come unto the children of disobedience. But the first word right there, what you to see is mortified. So kill the weeds. You want the fruit of the Spirit to, be, to display in your life? Kill the weeds. There's a famous, a famous quote that goes like this. Be killing your sin or your sin will be killing you. You need to put to that those things which belong to your sinful nature. But how do you do this? You are to kill the weeds. Look what it says in Romans chapter 12, uh, 8 verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are deadest not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if we, but if ye through the spirit of uh, the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. How do you kill sin in your life? By allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you and through you, and by mortifying your sinful nature and kill the weeds. The weeds needs to be killed. If not, they will choke your life and mine. So, what's Paul's solution for this problem? Live by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. He always the same thing here in Romans 8, the same thing. You, you put to death the sinful deeds of your body and, and let the Spirit of God work in you and through you. You say, Pastor, this is hard to do. No, it's not. If we continually and progressively do, do this every day, we will, we will have victory over that. God give us the victory to overcome those things. That's why the Spirit of God is in us. Number two, let it be. How, uh, how one displays the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Number two, 
Water the garden. Water the garden. You can't pull out every you can't pull out every single weed, but if you don't water the garden, it still it will not grow. So, how do you water the garden? You garden by uh, you water the garden by reading God's word. See, first you kill the weeds. But when you water in your tomatoes and you whatever cucumbers and stuff, you guess what? The weeds gonna grow too. But you need to water the garden so the water of the garden doesn't die. So what you need to do is read God's word. You say, well, the passive like you always talking about reading God's word. Yes, because it's important. Every Christian should take time every day to read God's word. Read it in family, read it by yourself, but read it. You gotta read it. Read it five minutes, read it an hour, read it. Whatever you do, read it. It is important. Water the garden. We need to water the mind of your mind and your heart so you don't fall into sin. Look what it says. Go to Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Go there. Look about what a person, when he waters the garden, what happens. Psalm 1, 1. Here's the first word. I love that word. Happy. Blessed. Look what it says. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor stand in the seat of the scornful. But look what it says. But his delight is in the what? law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate what? day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by what? The rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So, don't you want to be like that? Don't you want to be like a tree planted by the streams of water? Of course we do. Of course we do. Then you need to read and study and delight and meditate on God's Word. Listen, if you begin to struggle reading God's Word, there is a problem. The problem is not the Bible. The problem is not God. The problem is who? The reader. All right? You have days that you read the Bible and you feel like it's dull. You're like, oh, you know what? You might be tired. That can be the case. Your mind is so tired that you can't function right. But God gave us 24 hours. In that 24 hours, we can always have a time to go to the Word. You know, how we want to have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, if we saturate our minds more with the things of this world than we do with the things of God. You see? The fruits of the flesh are actions. The fruit of the Spirit, it's God doing in us. If God's going to transform us, we need to be in the Word of God. Treasure God's Word. Make something that is profitable to you. Let it transform you. And when you read it, Lord, is me. Is me right here. I need this. I need to read this. Make it something that, make, I mean, my devotion every day, God and I time. Because it should be God and I time. Should be something between you and God. That's right. So water the garden. Number two, remain in the vine. Or number three, let us see. Remain in the vine. You need to weed the garden. You need to water the garden. And finally, you need to remain in the vine. Jesus said these words. 
uh, regarding this. Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except you abide in the vine. Uh, no more can he except he abide in me. And verse 5 says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do uh, nothing. Once again, you may have weed the garden, you may then water the garden faithfully, but if, we, if the branch is not connected to the trunk, it's not going to bear, bear any fruit. You can water, uh, 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 you, you can water a branch uh, uh, lying on the ground all you want, it's not going to bear any fruit. If you want to bear fruit, you need to remain in the vine. So Jesus has got to be our number one. He's got to be our source of everything we do. You say, Pastor, can I live that way? Yes, you can. So can I. He can be our main source. He is the source. I'll give you an example. Okay, so I was doing electricity in my sister-in-law's house up in Florida. And today in that lunch, we were talking about it. And my mother-in-law said, oh, Andrea said that uh, there is uh, a couple of outlets that are connected. And I said, that is true. There is one light and three outlets that are connected because there is no source of power. You can connect as much as you want. But if there's no source, there's no current. You follow that? There's no current. So if there's no current, there's no electricity. And the reason why? Because we ran out of wire. So if you don't have the wire, you can't do the job. So it's like I needed one wire to bring source to those the same thing. Jesus got to be our source on which we connect our lives to. And everything else becomes easy. Some people say, well, you know, uh, you, know you can't just be dogmatic about this. Yes, you can. Live for the Lord. Listen, it all comes down to a choice. It's all about choices. We can choose to live for God and display the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Or we can choose the acts of the flesh. It's all about choices. Listen, I come to a point in my life that I'm not worried about anybody. I'm just worried about what God says. He is my source. I look for Him. I don't want to disappoint Him. I don't want to sin against Him. I'm more concerned about Him and my relationship with Him. Do I love people? Yes, I do. Do I care about people? Of course. We, we cannot live our lives... Bang, again, so worry about what people are going to say. No, no, no. Can't do that. Look what it says in Colossians 2.6. As ye have therefore received Jesus, Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye what? In Him. Rooted and built in Him and established in the faith, as ye have been thought, abounded therein with what? Thanksgiving. Live, live in Christ. Develop a close relationship with Him. Branches don't produce fruit in their own. They need to be connected to the tree. They need to be constant surrendered in your life to the Lord Jesus. This is the primary condition God sets down for us before we can really bear any fruit or the fruit of the Spirit. You see the difference what the Bible says about the fruit of the Spirit and those who say that the Spirit is like a force? Oh, the Spirit is a force. It comes and boof, then goes away, and boom, and you fall down. That's not the Spirit. The Spirit is in you. The real, at the moment of salvation, we get the Spirit of God in us. And now you can display that fruit, that Spirit in your life. Again, this fruit of the Spirit is God's doing. 
The fruit of the flesh is you doing. Let me conclude with this. I hope you are excited about this series because I am excited about it. I hope you're excited about learning more about the fruit of the Spirit. If you are a Christian tonight, then you already have the Spirit in you. But isn't that good to know about love and peace and joy? And as we display that in our lives, the fruit of the Spirit, I think is going to be a great series. And I, I'm excited about it. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I can't think of any better way to live. Can you? Joy. You say, can you be joyful? Well, life is not very fearful to me to be joyful. I have nothing to be joyful. Yes, you do. God's good. God still loves you. God cares. Listen, don't rely on circumstances. They change all the time. But joy can be something we have because we have God in us. Circumstances changes, but God never changes. Amen. If God says, I love you, He's always going to love you. God says, if I take care of you, He's always going to take care of you. And you know what? If you're going to be honest with each other right here, we can say, yes, he does. He is like that. When I'm not very lovable, he still loves me. When I doubt him, he still loves me. When I question him, he still loves me. When I'm deep discouraged, he still loves me. That's God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your spirit, and what he can do in our lives. And Lord, I pray for each person here tonight, and myself includes, Lord, help us to modify the deeds of our flesh and to, Lord, abide in you more and more so we can live a life that is joyful and happy in this world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.